special bonus episode of the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined once again by dermatologist Dr. Cara McDonald, who is here to answer all of your questions on skin checks and sun protection, how often we should be having our skin checked, what to expect during our appointment, and what level of sun protection is really necessary throughout the winter months. This summer saw La Roche-Posay and Skin Check Champions House of Healthy Skin tour the east coast of Australia, providing 1,342 individuals with a free skin check. Over 80% of those people had never had their skin checked before. So we took to Instagram to find out why before I passed your skin check questions on to the expert. For complete transparency from the outset, this episode is sponsored by La Roche-Posay Australia. However, all of Dr. McDonald's views are her own. And as per all of our Ask an Expert interviews, you will hear absolutely no specific product recommendations throughout this interview. In this conversation, celebrating a successful summer with La Roche-Posay's House of Healthy Skin, Dr. Cara answers your questions on skin checks and sun protection. From how to physically book a skin check if you've never had one before and a rundown of what we can expect in our appointment, through to what we should be keeping an eye out for on our own skin, how often we should really be getting our skin checked, and what level of sun protection is actually necessary as we head into winter. The La Roche-Posay House of Healthy Skin Tour wrapped last month and for honestly an alarming number of people, this was actually their very first skin check. So for anyone who hasn't had a skin check before and might be a little nervous about it, what can they expect? What does a skin check actually entail? It's a really good question because I think people are always a little bit nervous about stripping off and, mm -hmm. um, you know, feeling a bit exposed uh, before they have a skin check. So everyone obviously, you know, could have a slightly different experience, but in general, what we do is uh, strip you down to your underwear. So um, for women, you would leave your bra and undies on. Um, and for men, just leave your undies on. We will check areas um, around the genital area and breasts, uh, particularly if you know of any lesions or have any spots to check uh, specifically there. Um, and otherwise, we'll tend to like check the breasts and so on, but just work around um, the underwear if possible. Some people will take their bra off because it's easier um, and some doctors prefer that. So generally, we will strip you down, usually done with a gown. So um, for me, I'll pop, pop my patients behind a curtain, give them a gown. So they'll actually strip down to their underwear, but then just pop like a hospital gown on them or sometimes just a sheet over overlaying them just to give them something to keep them a little bit warm and covered up while you're checking over. And then what we do is literally go from head to toe. So I'll mostly start on the head. Some days I decide to start at the toes just to mix it up a bit, but um, <laughs> go through the hairline, go through the scalp. Depends a lot on how much hair you have and so on, how um, likely you are to have skin lesions in your scalp. Um, men with short hair, 
uh, more likely, especially if they're balding. But generally, we'll go through the hairline and the hair, check behind the ears, check in the ears, check behind the neckline, and um, have a really good look at the face. So the sun-exposed areas are the areas that we might um, spend longer on. And again, it depends on your skin and your history and all of those things as well. And then really just move down the body, check over um, the limbs, the trunk, uh, between the toes and um, all other areas front and back. So how long does that take? Because a question that emerged was how can I possibly be receiving a thorough skin check when it's over and done with so quickly? Yeah, look, this is a a good question, I suppose, because there are so many variables with this. And um, it's like one of those things, you know, for me, it might take me three hours to try and you know, do an Instagram post, but I can do a skin check in 30 seconds because for 15 years I have been, you know, a skin doctor and that's what I do all day, every day. Having said that, um, there are uh, skin checks that may be very quick because, you know, the doctor actually isn't or or the person doing it, you know, isn't being thorough enough and isn't checking everything. But for someone who's very experienced, it is quite quick. It's um, pattern recognition. As I said, it depends a lot on the person, how much sun exposure they've had, how many spots they have. I mean, I know that I see some people and, you know, within probably one second, I can tell you that they don't have a skin cancer because of their skin type, their lack of previous sun damage and sun exposure and lack of, um, you know, suspicious or irregular lesions on their skin. And so it almost is a quick glance and checking a few spots with my light or dermatoscope um, and I'm done. And then another person who, you know, I might have seen every three months for 10 years and they still take me 20 minutes because they just have so many cancerous and precancerous lesions and I have to stop on everyone and decide whether to biopsy it and so on. So it's very variable. And I think it is sort of, um, it is a good thing generally, if your skin check is very quick, it either means, you know, you don't have much wrong. You've got a very experienced doctor or someone that doesn't know what they're doing at all. The luck of the draw. (laughs) Another thing that we learned at the conclusion of the House of Healthy Skin tour was that over 81,000 people missed their skin check during COVID. How often should we be getting a skin check? Look, it would be nice if we had a routine answer to that, for example, you know, with your cervical smears. It's now moved to every five years with Mm. Um, breast screening, it's, you know, mammogram every two years after the age of 50. And I think some guidelines for this would be really, really helpful. But I think it is quite complicated and it's probably a little bit more complicated than something like breast cancer because, um, you know, the risk factors are so broad and diverse and everyone is so different. Certainly as we get older, our risk increases As we have had more sun exposure, our risk increases. If we have previously had a lesion of concern or a skin cancer, our risk increases. If we've got a strong family history, um, our risk increases. So it is um, something that probably in your 20s, you should at least get advice on how often you should have a skin check. And my general advice is everybody should have a skin check at least in their 20s. And if they've got any known risk factors, you know, do it earlier rather than later. If you see somebody um, 
who knows what they're doing, they will then be able to give you very good guidelines that, that are relevant to you. And often in your say 20s and 30s, you might only need a skin check every two, two to three years if you are low risk. Um, as you get older, those skin checks should come a little bit closer. And if you've got any of those risk factors I mentioned before, um, they might need to be as frequent as three monthly, as I said. So it, it's difficult, but if you think you've got any risk, get checked. But the probably my biggest bit of advice here is, um, you know, these skin cancers or mold, changing moles can actually happen at any time. So we're always a little bit reluctant to say you should have a skin check every one or two years because some people take that as, oh, I've got this new spot, but my next skin check isn't due for 18 months, so I'll get it checked then. Right. So that, you know, really important advice is if you have anything you're worried about, if you see something changing, you should get it checked then. And it doesn't matter if you had a skin check four weeks ago, it's time to go again. And um, we know by definition that cancer is change, right? By definition, cancer is a lesion that is growing, evolving, changing. It is growing out of control. That's what any sort of cancer is. And on the skin, we can usually see that over a period of some months, um, sometimes even sooner. So if you see something and you think, gosh, that looks a bit unusual, um, you know, and then you notice it has changed, absolutely get it checked sooner rather than later. Better to be safe than sorry. Now, this might seem pretty top level, but how do we go about physically booking a skin check if we haven't done so before? Do we go to our GP? Do we seek out a dermatologist, dermal clinician, dermoscopist? Where do we start? Okay, so in general, um, again, it is tricky because different people have different experience and different skill sets. Um, a dermal clinician, definitely not. They are not a medically trained um, person and they don't generally do diagnosis of skin lesions. There are some nurse practitioners or trained nurses who have been trained in skin checking and diagnosis, um, and they will generally um, be involved in programs where they do kind of uh, routine skin checks, for example, in corporations and so on. Uh, we do see some nurse-led skin checking. Anyone who's had adequate training is a good place to start. And if in doubt, go to your GP. Um, the majority of GPs are competent in skin checks and um, some of them are extremely good. Some of them, that's all they do. And they're very highly trained and highly practiced. And so I think your, your regular GP, if you've got one, is a great place to start. If you don't have a regular GP, then seek out a general practitioner who has experience or, you know, has some sort of um, preference to do skin checks because some of them will, will just send you off automatically for a referral to a dermatologist and that generally is quite a wait list. Um, so the people that we see for routine skin checks tend to be higher risk people who are more likely to have a lesion and those that are lower risk can definitely have their skin check at a um, GP or skin cancer clinic. So how do we go about changing behaviour and attitudes towards skin checks? How do we shift things so that skin checks are seen as a non-negotiable health check rather than something that people are just doing begrudgingly? <laughs> 
Well, you know, we can only just hope that, that that change is coming. I think at the end of the day, it's going to have to come really from the top. So from government level um, as a recommendation, just like, as I said, we have regular screening programs and, you know, it's a cost benefit thing. Um, and we can see that, you know, Australians have a very, very high rate of skin cancer and, you know, it does affect young people, older people and so on. So we hope that it will be become, you know, a routine recommendation. On the ground, it's very difficult um, to make that happen other than, you know, just educating the general public and, you know, encouraging people to make their own choice and look after themselves and if they have concerns to go and get things checked because, you know, it's so frustrating from our point of view that we see, you know, this extremely treatable, preventable um, problem, you know, being, being neglected. As I said, you know, skin cancer is change on the skin and we can see the skin. So these things should be able to be picked up early. There's no um, excuse for um, skin cancer not being able to be diagnosed early uh, in, in Australia, really. So we hope it will change and recommendations will come. There's obviously a supply issue um, and, you know, if they say every person should have a skin check every two years or whatever, they need to be, be able to have the service to provide that. So, you know, I think that's where it's very complex from a, um, you know, higher level than what I ever deal with. I've got friends who tell me that they have absolutely no freckles, no spots. They just get an even tan when they're in the sun and I'm a bit sick of arguing with them, so I'm going to hand it over to you. Is it important for everyone to get a skin check? And if so, why? I love it how you continually pay out on your friends who yes. um, <laughs> refuse yes. to. There's less and less of them because I've converted most of them, but I still use this exclusively as a forum to get you to do my work for me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough too. Um, look, I'm going to be the devil's advocate and say not everybody has to have a skin check at, mm -hmm. at a younger age actually. Um, as, as your friends point out, if if you do tan easily, if you've got a darker skin type, if you've got no um, particular lesions on your skin, no family history, no risks, then your chance of skin cancer is extremely low. And if you actually keep an eye on your skin and you're not out tanning and burning, then there's no real reason that you should have to go and have a skin check so long as you are actually educating yourself about what to look for and when to go and get something checked and keeping an eye on your own skin, which is difficult, but possible. Um, but if you don't have any spots and dots on your skin, it's not that hard to keep it, keep an eye on your skin. And if you see something new, it will be obvious if you don't have much else there. So I think as you get older, absolutely it's worth considering a routine skin check and like i said i like to suggest that people have one for the education reason even if there's nothing on their skin because i love to explain to people what to look for what to worry about how to access help if they are worried about something when to take you know um or not to take no for for an answer and and get another opinion and um all that sort of thing. And so that's where I see a skin check as being really, really valuable, but not everybody needs one, so to speak. 
Now, we've sort of covered this, but I do think it's worth honing in on a bit. Different skin tones um, and even different lifestyles, do elements like that affect how frequently we need a skin check? Yes, completely, completely. So, you know, a skin of colour, particularly a dark, um, say, African skin type, your risk of skin cancer is minimal, extremely low. And, you know, those beautiful people were designed to be in the sun. Mm. They are actually able to live and exist in the sun with very low risk because the pigment in their skin protects them. And you've heard me say this before, but basically the pigment in our skin actually acts like a shade cloth. So it protects the um, cells that are at risk of becoming cancerous because they're the ones that are dividing over time. So if you've got a darker skin type, you haven't had sunburns, you don't burn easily, and you are protecting your skin as well, your risk is really low. And um, if you don't feel like there's anything that needs checking, you probably don't need regular skin checks. Having said that, we frequently see skin cancers in olive-skinned people who have really felt that they never get burnt, they've never really had to worry about sun protection in their earlier years because they um, easily tanned and, and never got sunburned. And because of that, they then had a lot of chronic sun exposure over the years, which has then ended up with that DNA damage. So there is a middle ground where if if you're tan, tan if you're sorry, if you're olive complex if you have an olive complexion, but you actually have had a lot of sun exposure, you are still at quite high risk of skin cancer. If you're skin does not burn easily and you are very careful, you're, you're at very low risk. So there is a big difference in risk factor, but the fairer you are, the more sun exposure you've had, the more sunburns you've had, the um, more likely you are to get a skin cancer and the more vigilant you should be with your own skin and uh, try and get some professional checking as well. You've mentioned that very dark African skins are designed to survive in the sun. On that note, does every skin type need to wear sunscreen? And do we all need sunscreen for the same reasons or does it differ? Well, in a darker skin tone, you're you're not really needing it so much to protect from skin cancer. Some people will still choose to wear sunscreen with darker skin because it uh, leaves their sun protection still gives them a more even complexion. Mm -hmm. So even a a darker skin tone can be prone to excess pigmentation from the sun, sun sun-related spots, um, blotchy pigmentation, melasma. And um, so you'll see in darker skin types, if you do use sun protection, you'll have a better complexion. Your skin will look more even-toned and luminous as we like to see. Also, um, people do notice that uh, their skin um, doesn't age as quickly if they're careful with sun protection. So even though we don't see the skin cancers, we still see the effects of collagen damage from the sun, even in darker skin types. So again, if you've got a darker skin type and you want to use sun protection for anti-aging reasons, it's a really good idea and you will see the long-term benefits from protecting your collagen. We are approaching winter now. This is something that we've covered before, but I think worth reiterating. 
Do we need to wear sunscreen daily in the winter months as well and why? Well, sunscreen, you know, is a form of sun protection and sun protection is certainly worthwhile, you know, 365 days of the year. And that is because even low level chronic sun damage uh, increases your risk of skin cancer. And we know that the UVA rays are quite consistent throughout the year. So UVB is the one that tends to burn us and it's the one we can kind of feel with heat and intensity um, in the summer months and warmer months. But the UVA is fairly consistent throughout the year. And UVA acts a little bit differently in the skin in that it causes an immune suppression in the skin. And our immune system is extremely important to reduce our risk of skin cancer because it's constantly looking for abnormal cells and damage within the skin and then controlling that through a controlled kind of cell death. So it's a little bit confusing, but basically UVA suppresses the immune system and it allows our skin cancers to form more easily. And so if you don't protect your skin throughout the year, you're getting that immune suppression, which can lead to increased skin cancer down the track. Just as importantly, for some of us, uh, UVA is extremely damaging to the collagen and that causes signs of premature aging. So um, dull skin, fine uh, wrinkles, crepey um, type changes in the skin due to loss of collagen and also plays a role in pigmentation. So those people that suffer from melasma, they can be extremely sensitive to UVA light. So they're all really good reasons to protect your skin every day. There is a lot of concern about vitamin D and um, those of us that are fair, sorry, those of us that are not in in the sun much and um, don't get a lot of vitamin D, worry that if we use sunscreen every day, we might be low in vitamin D. But there's a couple of things you can think about. One is don't get your vitamin D through the areas that you're worried about aging for starters. So certainly don't try and get vitamin D through your face. Secondly, um, try not to get your sun exposure through areas that do get that chronic exposure every day. So face, chest, back of the um, neck, back of the hands, for example, those areas just by default get more sun exposure than the rest of our body you know, throughout our life. So if you're really keen to get vitamin D naturally uh, through some sun exposure, try and have low dose exposure on some areas that aren't getting chronic sun exposure day in and day out. Um, And otherwise take it in a capsule, which is always a good idea if you're at risk of skin cancer. To wrap up, those of us who are wearing sunscreen every day, getting regular skin checks, how would you recommend that we go about ensuring those around us who are at high risk are protecting their skin and in turn looking after their health? Well, you know, that's what you and I are here for, isn't it? We're just trying to spread the word, really. Um, I think understanding that everybody is at some risk, people have different priorities, you can't control other people so I think the best way is to lead by example and um, show that you know good sun protection does pay off in terms of your skin quality your premature aging and reduced risk of skin cancer you know use um, examples if you hear of or see of people who have had uh, skin cancers and sun damage 
to educate the people around you and really just make sure that people understand that it's not just about getting sunburnt. And I think that's still the message that um, I'm trying to get out there and, and most surprised people don't realise that they really think, I mean, I saw someone with quite bad melasma the other day and, you know, I said, do you, do you wear sunscreen every single day? And she's like, oh, if I'm going to be outdoors, you know, for a while. And I'm like, you need to put it on before you get out of bed um, because even through windows and through your car windows when you're hanging out the washing walking between your house and your clothesline that's enough sun exposure to have problems with premature aging pigmentation and definitely increase your risk of of skin cancer in those areas so do everything you can sunscreen is you know the best anti-aging product we have and i always say that because people are worried about their skin aging people want good skin but they don't realise that, you know, 80 or 90% of all the anti-ageing we can do in terms of skincare comes from sun protection. That was dermatologist Dr Cara McDonald, who you can find at completeskinspecialists.com.au or on Instagram at drcara underscore dermatologist. You can discover more about La Roche-Posay including the complete Anthelios SPF 50 plus sunscreen range at laroche-posay.com.au or on Instagram at laroche-posay-a-u-n-z. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.